0: Pastor named it Finding Self, but I named it something else. So, um, I've got to find my notes, and I'll tell you what I call it. Wherever my notes are. Is my notebook there? Oh, it's here. Okay. I know they must have these stands that are bigger. All right, the the, uh, title I got for this sermon... is control our thoughts about ourselves. And the title that Pastor got, as he typed it, was, what did I say? Finding self. First it was focused, then it was crossed out, then it was self. So, (laughs) praise the Lord. And I do have a nugget today. And that is, if you want to write it down, when we work, we work, but when we pray, but when we pray, God works. So when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. So sometimes we try to take into our hands the things that God desires to do. And so when we pray, He's the one that works for us. Amen. Amen. So that is powerful. If the ushers will come forward, think about it. We try, spend so much time trying to work the works of God and work, do His work that we miss out on just praying and leaving it in His hands and let Him work it out for us. Amen? Yeah. They do have bigger of these, don't they? I don't care but, but I need one. Thank you, Jesus, I'm asking now. I'm not going to try to work the works on that, you know. (laughs) Psalm 119. (laughs) Whatever, we'll talk about it. Glory to God. How shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed? So how, How men and women, you know, God called Adam and Eve, Adam. So he doesn't distinguish i mean even though we are man and woman and there is a difference between man and woman but he sees us in the spirit realm equal okay so when you read woman in the bible or man and the woman or whatever there's certain times it'll say husbands and wives there's a big difference the only time that um, you men will be a wife or a bride is when you die and you'll be or you are now the bride of Christ but you're not a bride right now, okay? Well, you are, but you know what I mean. I don't, don't go there today. Um, <laughs> or someone going <laughs> what? Spiritually. Spiritually. That's it. Thank you very much. Dig hole and get in it. No. Okay. How shall a man, young man or woman cleanse their way? By taking heed and keeping watch on himself or herself, you know, a lot of women say, well, he's talking to a man, you, got, you know, according to your word, conforming their life to it. So how shall we cleanse our way? This is after, you know, this was before Jesus, but now we're talking after. We know that we have 1 John 1, 9. But we need to take heed and keep watch on ourselves, According to His word, conforming to His, li- our lives to Him. We don't con- we don't expect Him to conform His life to ours. It's not going. You can try as hard as you want to, but God's word is true and it is settled. You know, you you might want to think that I can change God's mind. It's settled. So just just. Oh, be obedient. It's that simple. Just do it, you know? Okay. And so develop a peace of mind. And I have a couple things you might want to write might want to write down. Before we speak, we need to think. Is it true? Number one. This is that we need to think? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it wholesome? Will it cause change for good? So before we speak, before we speak anything out of our mouth, we need to think and ask ourselves, Is what I'm speaking true? Is what I'm speaking helpful? Is what I'm speaking inspiring? Is what I'm speaking necessary? Is what I'm speaking kind? Am I speaking wholesome words? And will it cause change for the good? If it won't, then it's not something you should be speaking because God's word is always truth. Amen. Even though there can be correction in God's word, it's truth. And it's not your job to run around correcting everybody. How many know that? God, We have a Holy Spirit and he's very capable of that. Amen. All right. No matter where you are, what's going on, no matter how negative it looks, it's time to develop peace in your mind been time for a long time just a lot of people haven't done this you must tell your mind to shut up and be quiet then become consumed with the word of God and determine that whether determine the whether going backwards or giving up is a viable option for you going backwards is never an option Unless you've gotten yourself into a mess and you need to get yourself out of it immediately. Amen. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And as far as he was concerned, that's the way it was going to be in his house. So do you, how do we learn to live? And I kind of ended on this last week between amen and here it is. We need to learn instruction and gain knowledge, and Hosea 4:6 says that my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. For a lack of the word, God's people are perishing. Do you know what God has promised? If you don't know, how can you expect the fulfillment of it? Being a joint heir and not taking advantage of it is. Falling into the hands of the devil and allowing him to select what he wants for you. Because if we know the word and we don't act upon it, then we allow ours, we take ourselves out of the covering. And we fall into the hands of the enemy and let him select. And his selections I have never found have been good for me. How many can understand that and and say amen? Hungry people get their daily portion of the word daily. Now, in Proverbs 29, 18, I love the word because it's instruction for every single thing that we will ever come in contact with. There every, this, is, this is our book of life. This is, the, this is the book that gives life. It's life-giving to us. And... If we don't read it and we consume ourselves with other things, then we are not giving ourselves life. Every day, you know, some people have to get up and give themselves a shot of something. Um, and I'm not just talking liquor, um, can be, but um, you need to give yourself a shot of the word every day. You need it. A huge. A huge one every day. So, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, we talk about visions. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish, but he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, Blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. It says in the King James, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now we realize that there's much to the law, but we know the Ten Commandments is part of the law, and I shared, I believe, Wednesday night, that the enemy wants the Ten Commandments removed from this, well, he's already removed it, but he wants it removed out of this country. Completely removed. And so we live in a, in a world of probably two decades of people, the majority of people that have never really heard about Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they've walked unruly. And so this is why, one of the reasons why we're having such an onslaught of the things that people are dealing with in this hour. And so... A vision here is a mental image of a future outcome. Reading the Word brings this. But our minds also, if we are not in the Word and we're not checking everything up with the Word when we get a thought, in order to take every thought captive, it will begin to envision something completely opposite of the Word of God. This is why it says, casting down imaginations, and reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Because our mind is where we envision things. We see things. We begin to, you know, people have to, Jesus said, watch what you hear and some people are much more sensitive in what they hear than others. And so if you know that there's something going on that you should not be a part of or listen to, get out of there immediately. People might look at you like you're crazy or whatever, but you know. You know what, what can upset you, and you know what you can deal with. And every person is different. It depends on where they've, where they've been, what they've yielded themselves over to, maybe in childhood or what they had to deal with. So, the closer you get to God and the more words you have in you, the more sensitive you become to circumstances and situations around you. And so, in Philippians four nineteen, as we turn there again, we should all know this by heart, Amen. You know we we sometimes we think, do we have to go through this again? Well, until we're doing it, yes, amen. In verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, the Amphite says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition to definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. See, God wants us to operate and walk in God's peace continually. And that is a tranquil state of the soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is is that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. John, could you come and grab this from me? Please. And keep them. Glory to God. A vision is behind every manifestation of a promise from God. If there is a manifestation of a promise, then there was a promise first. So I'm going to say this again. A vision is behind every manifestation of a promise from God. In Matthew 4 30 and 32, and let's look at that really quick. I'm sorry, Mark 4. There is so much that we learned in early class that goes along with this sermon today. It's amazing. 430 and 32. And he said, "What With what can we con- compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use to illustrate and explain it? It's like a grain of a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground... It is the smallest of all seeds upon the earth. Yet after it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all garden herbs and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air are able to make nests and dwell in its shade. Glory to God. So we see that when you capture a vision as a result of searching the scriptures and gain knowledge of the promise of God, then that vision drops into our hearts just like the seed drops into the soul. This is where many people, you know, God wants us to have to operate and produce witty inventions. And many people have made a quality decision in their heart that this is a desire that they have. And so they seek God for, for ways to Show them in his word, how to become self employed where they can employ others, and God is desirous in wanting to do that if it's your desire to work for yourself and it, or if it's your desire to come up with something that no one else has come up with, then God is willing to do this and so let's let's look at this in that form, in that way, okay? You are desiring to have a woody invention, which the Bible says we, are, we can have, okay? So when you capture a vision as a result of searching the scriptures and gain knowledge of the promise of God, then that vision drops into our hearts, just like the seed drops into the soul. And when that seed has protected and nourished, it grows up, And becomes what it is intended to be. Vision gives you something to aim for. Vision provides the most motivation you need for taking action. So there are people that are extremely visionary. And we should be. We should be extremely visionary. Not in the things of God, but in what God desires to do here on this earth through us. Because God is already placed inside each one of us. And some people are called to fund the body of Christ. And so they will be very visionary people. And they'll go forth and they will, they will expect God to pour out um, his thoughts and reveal himself to them. Actually, I believe every one of us is called to fund the, the body of Christ. But there, this is how millionaires become millionaires and billionaires. People say, well, they, they file for bankruptcy. My question when, you know, there's someone right now vote, running for presidents that filed for bankruptcy. My question to the person that wanted to complain about that person was, did they pay it back? What did they do with it? Did they pay it back? Because if they pay it back, then you know that, that they are trustworthy in this area. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, this was a person that was a uh, lover of the president that we have right now. <laughs> so, it was interesting conversation. So, we have number one is you, um, in case you're keeping notes, number one was Back to the beginning. One, yeah, we're going back to one. I don't know what number one is. (laughs) Oh, the attitude you have about yourself can break you, I guess. Okay, number two. (laughs) The attitude, because there is not a number one on here. So I'm just going to make up a number one. The attitude that you have about yourself can make or break you. And then I went into all these things, all right? So number two. You can just laugh. We may as well all laugh today. You must renew your mind, be transformed by the word of God to overcome every obstacle that the enemy throws your way. That is number two. It's down here. Terry, did I just kick myself off or what? I'm still on, but the written no, there it is. Okay. Number one is knowledge. Do you know what God has promised? Now you know what number one is, okay? We didn't get that in the note. Okay, in, in the, this one. Number two, you must renew your mind. And be transformed by the word of God to overcome every obstacle the enemy throws your way. So we can become a person that's mind is renewed. And every time an obstacle the enemy throws our way, we can overcome it. How many believe that? How many believe that? I mean, can you see yourself overcoming every obstacle that the enemy throws your way? I do. Jesus paved the way for that. All right. So number three is, a, is an established heart. So now we all know number one, two, and three. Psalms one, twelve, six six through eight. Stay there. Okay, here we go. Say we're off. <laughs> well, let's start with verse 1. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. This is Psalms 112. Happy, fortunate, and be envied is the man who fears, reveres, and worships the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His spiritual offerings shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation, the upright, shall be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah prosperity and welfare are in his house prosperity and welfare are in your house amen and his and his righteousness endures forever glory to god light arises in the darkness for the upright so when you are when you are the light when you are in darkness light arises because you're the righteous for the upright Gracious, compassionate, and just, who are in right standing with God, it is well. Verse five, with the man that deals generously and lends, and who conducts his affairs with justice, glory to God. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. Glory to God. Verse six, he will not be moved forever. He will not be moved forever. I will say that again. He will not be moved. That's powerful. Things will come at him and he won't be moved forever. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. The uncompromisingly righteous, the upright and right standing with God... Shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is firmly fixed, trusting, leaning on, and becoming, be and being confident in the Lord. So you're not afraid of evil tidings. He will not. He 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 will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is firmly fixed. Trusting, leaning on, and being confident in the Lord. So, Jesus has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. You are firmly fixed. You're trusting and leaning on the Lord. Amen? His heart is established and steady. He will not be afraid. While he waits to see his desire established upon his adversaries. Glory to God. So this is the, this is what a, these are the attributes of a of a person with an established heart. Okay, so let's look at some of these again. He's not moved. He's not afraid of anything. His heart is firmly fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established and steady. He will not be afraid while he waits to see his desire established upon his adversaries. Glory to God. You know, God will deal with situations if we'll just let him. Number four is commitment. This says that nothing will keep me from what God says is available to me. Commitment. God's commitment to us says that nothing will keep me from what God says is available to me. In other words, my covenant. One thing that we have to know is our blood covenant. Understand the covenant that you have with God. Not everybody understands that covenant that we have and what Jesus has paid the price for us to walk in. And we need to understand that. Praise God. When you are committed, you intently desire the promises to come to life. When you are committed to God, you intently desire the promises of God to come to life. So you will stand on that promise like I I don't know if you've ever watched a dog with a bone. I'm thinking Benjamin when he was younger. You know, those little green bones, greeny bones. It used to be hilarious. He would go and get it, and he'd never eat it. But he would eat them. But Benjamin would never eat it. But he would pick it up, and he would go hide it. But he would go hide it right where everybody could see it. He'd drag it over there and hide it. But... It was funny. I'm like, this is not a normal dog hiding a bone here, but he would guard it. He would get away, he would come, go away, from, get away from it, and he'd wait till Buddy decided to try to sneak up and get it, and then he'd go over there and grab it. And so, when we are committed, we intently desire the promises of God to come. We expect, we expect what we're reading and the desires to come to pass. Because God will not fail. He's not, not, not a man that he should lie. But we have got to seek him intently and expect it. Intense means earnest, fervent, zealous, and firm purpose. Say it again. Intent means earnest, fervent, zealous, and firm purpose, or great seriousness. It means strain to the uttermost. Who does that sound like? Paul. When Paul said he refused to look back. But he said, I press towards the mark of high calling. And in one version it says, I am straining towards the mark of high calling. When you want something in the word of God so bad that you will do everything that you, want, that you need to do To cause this to come to pass. You will get in this scripture. You will stand on it and stand on it and stand on it until you see the results. Don't stop there. This is how we need to act with everything. Everything that his word says. As we learned in early class, there's some things that I might be able to have time to share and so, great seriousness, it means strain to the uttermost. Philippians 3.14. Strain to the uttermost. How many have ever felt like that? If, you are, if you're believing for... for um, oh, let's, let's take um, healing. You know... Excuse me a second. There are the gifts of faith of healing, and a person gets healed, just walks right out and gets healed. But then there is, you have to know that you're already healed, of course, because that price has been paid for. But then you have to keep it. And the way you keep that healing, because the enemy will come immediately and try to put that back on you, that symptom back on you. You've got to stay in the world of God. You have got to strain yourself and say, this is, I am staying in this no matter what. And I've shared many times on how every person has one or two things or maybe sh- several things that the enemy, it might be a family curse. It might be whatever. But this is what he will come at. He'll wait you know, maybe you battled the battle and won the battle and, and then kind of slacked off. Thought, oh, that'll never happen to me again. And all of a sudden, boom, it's there again. Well, this is where we need to learn how to strain. We need to be committed, intently desirous of the promise to come. Intense means earnest, fervent, zealous, firm purpose, and great seriousness. It means strain to the uttermost, Philippians 3:14. I press towards the goal to win the supreme heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. In this hour that we're in church, we must press, literally press on towards the goal to win the supreme heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upwards. This is where Paul said, and let's look at this a minute, in verse 10. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that I may in the same way come to know the power overflowing from his resurrection. There is power that overflows from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul said that. He says in the King James Version, he said that um, in verse 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And then he goes on to say, in the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So he said, I want to know you, God, and I want to know the power of your resurrection, which is the Holy Spirit. We need to we need to understand, we need to know the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I, send, I am sending you another comforter. And then he shares all the attributes of the comforter. But many people ignore that. They kind of leave that, well, that was a nice thing that Jesus said. We, and that... The Holy Spirit was the power that raised Christ from the dead straight out of hell. He quickened his mortal body. And so Paul's saying, this is one thing that I attain. I will, I attain to know. He said, this is the one thing that I I have to know. I have to know. And I feel that way. I have to know the Holy Spirit. I have to grow. I cannot live without the Holy Spirit in my life leading and guiding me. And many people don't feel that. They don't realize the need for that. But it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us. It's the Holy Spirit that comforts us. It's the Holy Spirit that's our guide. It's the Holy Spirit is, is our teacher. And without Him, without Him, if we, don't, if we do not take the gift... That Jesus has given to us. Jesus said, I go away, but I am bring I'm sending back to you the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And this is what Paul said. He said that I, for, for my determined purpose, is that I may know him, that I may progressively come more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly. And more clearly that I may, in the same way, come to know the power overflowing from His resurrection, which is which it exerts over believers, and that I may and that I may so share His sufferings as to continually transform in spirit into His likeness, even to His death in the hope that, if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead even while in this body. Hallelujah. So he knew. He knew that he needed that power. He needed that resurrection power in him. He needed to understand the power that Jesus had sent, the Holy Ghost, because he knew that that power, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, quickens our mortal bodies. And it's our body that gets us into trouble. It's our body that wants to go ahead and go out there and do its own thing. It's, but we, we have the spirit of God in us once we receive Jesus Christ. And when the spirit of God in us, we take the word of God and we, we, we wash our mind with the water of the washing of the word of God. But it's our body that wants to go ahead and do its own thing. And if we have not washed our mind with the word, then our body will have control and will go forth and it will do what it desires to do. But in this last days we must learn to rely upon the Holy Ghost. He is all powerful to us. He was sent to us. That is who we trust on in this time, in this hour to get us through. And so Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That same spirit that when God said that is enough, Jesus has paid the price down there raised Jesus from the dead when Jesus rose up from the dead other people popped out of their graves that had been in there for years that power was so powerful that it raised others up and that is the power that God is saying that we need to know Paul said I have to have the Holy Spirit I have to operate in the Holy Spirit I need the Holy Spirit so my flesh will not yield itself over to the things of the enemy but I will walk in the power and the anointing of God in this hour so I can see people set free, raised from the dead. God sent His, us out to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. This is what we're put here on this earth to do. Get people set free and saved. And the reason why this is not happening in this hour is because people are not teaching on the Holy Ghost. They do not understand the Holy Ghost and His power. And we must in this time and this hour. And so this is the one thing that Paul said, I must know him so I will not yield myself over to the dictates of the flesh. Hallelujah. Excuse me while I preach a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, if I, I feel like jumping up, but this thing is not connected to me the way it should be. So don't excuse me. It's what it is today because we need to know this. Because he said, The more and deeply, intimately, uh, with him perceiving and recognizing him and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly that I may in the same way come to know the power overflowing from his resurrection he goes on to say um, not in verse 12 not that I have attained this ideal or have already been made perfect but I press on and lay hold of grass and make my own that For which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do. It is is my one aspiration. One thing I do. We can only do this with the word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost, church. One thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward, straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. He is continually calling us upward, church. I don't know if you feel it, but every day I feel that we got to be out of here at any point. And so I keep myself prepared and ready continually. Continually on fire for God. This is the hour not to just stumble off. This is the hour to get revived. For the zeal of God has consumed us. The zeal of God has consumed me. You need to start confessing these scriptures. Because it will shake the crud off. It'll get it off. Hallelujah. So Paul... Here's Paul, who's in prison half the time, who has all these churches over him, who gets letters to find out how people are doing, is praying. He said, I, He said, praying in the Holy Ghost. I pray for in tongues more than you all. Jude says, if you read the book of Jude, I've been reading that quite often lately. He gets down and he says, building up your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I can tell you one thing that I can guarantee you. People that stop praying in tongues like they used to... ...do not have the power that they at once had. That is one thing that we cannot disconnect from... ...in this hour at all. We should be praying in tongues more. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit... With the evidence of praying in tongues, you should pray in tongues more. You should pray in tongues more. All the time. This is a gift we have. The enemy doesn't understand that language. He's like, "What? Whoa, 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 whoa! I don't like that." So he'll try to keep you not to keep you from it. Hallelujah. Five. Believe you receive. Mark eleven twenty four. Glory to God. In Matthew, 11. you want me to read that? I you. Hallelujah. Okay, we should know all this by heart. Let's start with with verse twenty, Mark eleven. twenty one And Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doomed has withered away. And Jesus replied and said to him, Have faith in God constantly. Have faith in God constantly. Have faith in God constantly. Truly I tell you, whosoever says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes what he says will take place, it shall be done for him. For this reason I am telling you, whatever you ask for, in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. And you will get it. And you will get it. Hallelujah. That's how, that is how Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three in one, the deity, are, have built us, have created us to be, to act. This is what we are to do. This is what what God is saying, Jesus, tell him, go for it. Holy Spirit, tell him, go for it. Get it. If it's for you and it's free, take it. And there's so much in this word that has been promised to us. I don't want to get there and hear, well, you just, you know, you only walked in a little bit of it. One little inch of it. Believe you receive. Making believing demands action. To demonstrate that you truly believe you have received, act as though it's happened. Don't jump in the car and go on. Oh, I just can't. You know, I, this is going on and that's going on, and it's. Oh. Don't go there. You are speaking imaginations out. The things that you're imagining to take place. The sixth one is rejoice. Leave you receive, and then rejoice. Philippians 4, 4. We should all know these ones. We should be rejoicing. Rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice. Always rejoice. Not when you feel like it, but always rejoice. You can, if you know that song, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, sing it all the time. People might not. You know what? If you went around singing that song, I trust you, people would start getting happy. Especially if you don't, have, don't know how to carry a tune. <laughs> Philippians 3.1. <laughs> oh, boy. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, for but for you it is safe. That's pretty good. Philippians 3.1 For the rest my brethren, delight yourself in the Lord and continue to rejoice that you are in him to keep writing to you over and over of the same things. It's not irksome to me. And it is a... Precaution for your safety. What is a precaution for your safety? That Paul keeps writing, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. It's a precaution for your safety. Wonder why? Hmm. You ever wonder? Because it'll keep you out of doubt and unbelief, it'll keep you out of murmuring, complaining. You can't say, Jesus, I rejoice in you. You know, I really don't like what so-and-so did to me. It's a little hard, and then go back to rejoicing. Amen? Philippians 4.1 Did I do that one? Nope. Did I do that one? Nope. Therefore, my, beloved, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Stand fast. Stand fast. Philippians 4.7 And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount, guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. What? If we don't fret, verse 6, or have anxiety about anything. Don't fret. Don't fret. Don't have anxiety. But in every circumstance, every prayer and petition, definitely request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Rejoice. Rejoice. You know, you need to, we need to run around the house looking at, at everybody in the house and tell them, Rejoice. Psalms 35.9. Get a smile on your face. You know how to get rid of, you know how to keep wrinkles off your face? Smile. It lifts up your neck. You got a choice. Those that smoked at one time are going to have wrinkles. And so you pray and do whatever you got to do to deal with that. Or drinking out of straws. When I had my surgery, there was two things they told us. Don't drink out of straws if you don't want wrinkles. Don't drink out of straws. that interesting? Cigarettes, straws, hmm. That's just a tidbit for today. Any of you out there listening? <laughs> it's good for all of us to know. Um, Psalms 35, 9. I've had people come in, I never smoked in my life and I'm getting wrinkles. How do you get rid of them? Pray. (laughs) Pray. Pray in tongues. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in His salvation. Glory to God. And then I shall be joyful in the Lord. I shall rejoice in His deliverance. Have you been delivered? Then you need to rejoice. Jeremiah 33:11 Have you been delivered? One person. Hmm. You need to set, shout. I mean, when you get a chance to say yes to something scripture say yes. That's saying amen. Yes, I have. <laughs> Glory to God. Start laughing and think of, of of every opportunity that you get to Honey, what page is it on? I'm in Jeremiah. I'm going to, 33 on there. <laughs> Glory to God. It says to be joyful on your bed. Why would God say be joyful on your bed? Ask Pastor, this is the truth. How do I wake up a lot? I mean, or I'm not even awake. Laughing. laughing hysterically in my sleep. Because what were you laughing at? I don't know. Jesus was tickling me, I guess. I don't know. I laugh a lot in my sleep. <laughs> Jeremiah thirty-three eleven. You try it. You'll love it. Pray for it. The, the voice of joy. The voice of gladness. The voice of the bridegroom. The voice of the bride. The voice of them that shall say praise the Lord of hosts for the Lord is good. For his mercy endureth forever. And of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. For I will cause to return the captivity of the land at the first saith the Lord. You know I'm going to just that that oh he says this is in the amplified so i'll go there 11 there then shall be heard again the voice of joy the voice of gladness the voice of the bridegroom the voice of the bride the voice of the those who sing as they bring sacrifices of thanksgiving into the house of the lord give praise and thanks to the lord of hosts for the lord is good and his mercy and kindness shall and everlasting love shall endure forever for i will cause The captivity of the land to be reversed and returned to be as it was at first, says the Lord. And I proclaim that over this country in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Ask yourself, how much does restoration mean to you? How much does restoration mean to you? If you've ever been in a pit... I'm going to tell you, if you have ever found yourself in a pit that you have trouble getting out of, I'm talking about a believer here. I mean, we all were in pits trying to get out. You will be so very grateful as the word of God begins to restore and suck you right out of that pit. He has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Ask yourself, how much does restoration mean to me? The 23rd Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen? Or I shall not lack. He's my shepherd. Settle in your heart that God's word is true and you will rejoice in the Lord no matter how hard it gets for you and make you gets for you are made victorious in Christ Jesus. Now Jeremiah 30:17 and I'd like to read that and then we are done. Wow. Jeremiah 30:17. For I will restore health unto you and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called the outcast, saying, This is Zion, to whom no man shall seek. Does anybody have the NIV? The NIV is very powerful. It says, But I will restore you to health, and I will heal your wounds, declares the Lord. You know, there are many wounded people in the body of Christ. There are many wounded people in the world. But right now, I'm going to deal with the body of Christ. There are many wounded people. Some people have... um, Wounds, you know, wounds in their flesh. But many people are wounded in their spirit, soul, and their body. Maybe you've, you've had a marriage that wasn't so great and your, your heart hurts or whatever. You know, you can be wounded or someone said something to you that wounded you or whatever. Or it is an actual wound in your body. God says that I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. This is a promise. This is a promise. Take this promise. If you are if you have wounds, they might not be a, a wound in your flesh, but it could be a wound in your heart. It could be a wound in your soul. It, it could be a, a you 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 have a you know the Bible talks about a broken spirit. Take this word and take it and and rely on it and stand on it. And expect God to move mightily in your behalf. For he is the healer. He's the deliverer of every area of your life. Praise God. Father, I just thank you this morning for your word that has gone forth. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the Holy Ghost in power. I thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost that we are seeing poured out on this land. It's just like on the day of Pentecost when that mighty rushing wind blew into that upper room and baptized all of, all of them. And they had a flame on their head. They had a, a, a... the fire of God came on them. Well, I believe that God is not done with this, co- this country. I truly do believe that there is going to be one more revival and that we need to, as a body of Christ... Of the body kind of Shekinah glory, we need to prepare and expect to be a part of that, Amen. because we w- we will be walking and we will see in pe- be seeing people in such need. We have the word of God in us. You have you are not babies. You're not baby Christians. You are grown up Christians in the word, and God because of that, God desires to use you in circumstances and situations that maybe other believers will not be able to be used in because they don't, they don't know the word but you have if, if pastor and I were to go t- tomorrow you have the word of God in you you are strong in the word and in the power of his might that's one thing I truly believe we can stand and I'm not saying it's us but that we can stand before God and give an account for that and so I want to encourage each one of you you have the word in you. Begin to envision the things that God has promised. Begin to envision the things that he has said that he desires to do. Miracles. Miracles in families. Miracles then in, in, at work. People that are, are, need the Lord so badly. You're, you're it. And he has, he has put this in you. And he has... He is, from glory to glory, He's changing you and causing you to grow up in Him and establishing you so you can be what God's called you to be in this last days. And I know that you can do it. I know you can do it. I have no doubt at all in my mind or in my spirit that you can't do it. When circumstances and situations come, you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. You are. Say, I mean, one person's getting excited. Should we run around the church? I might not be as fast as you, but I mean, <laughs> you never know. I might take off and fly around the church. I don't know. I can envision that. <laughs> but you are. There's nothing, nothing in that he says in this world, word that you can do that you can't do, or be. Nothing, not a thing. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, Jesus might come in in September. Well, where if he does good, we'll be in Hawaii, so we'll meet you all there. You know, pardon. If he comes during that time, I'm going to leave from there. You'll be leaving from here. I'll meet you wherever. But if he doesn't, then we keep on. You know, there's going to be a lot of people that if this does not happen are going to be are going to be discouraged. disappointed. disappointed. Gee, nobody knows the day or the time. And the 14th or whatever 19th of, of September here, it's going to be the 19th, what is it, three days difference around the world? The world time, is it two days? How many hours is it? Somebody's been around the world. Well, I'll tell you when I get up there. <laughs> the 19th here is not the 19th somewhere else, okay? You understand what I'm trying to say? Be prepared no matter what. But... Start doing things, start doing something you haven't done. Say, this week, I'm going to do something that I've desired to do in God's word that I've never done. And start meditating on it and seeing yourself doing it. Start seeing yourself do it. I can think of Peter watching Jesus walking on the water because he had to walk out to them. You know, a lot of these, some of them thought they was was a ghost. And Jesus said, or Peter said, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. You know what he's saying right now to all of us? If we say, bid me to come, or bid me to do, or bid me to whatever, he'll say do. Think of something that you have been desiring to do. Meditate on the word. Do it. Some of you need boldness. Some of you have been so squashed down that that boldness is gone. But Jesus has given you that boldness. He wants to restore that. So God, I just ask you to bless each one. Minister to each person. Move in each person's life. Touch them this week like never before. I ask you to touch the Ma'a family. Every person, whether it's here in Hawaii, every person, touch and minister to them. You say you turn mourning into joy. You say you've given the oil of joy for mourning. And we just thank you. We thank you, and we know that they're blessed in your presence this morning. We're in your presence, but they're blessed looking at streets of gold and walking around heaven and and saying, Wow, if I would have known this, I would have come earlier. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) If I would have known all this, I would have gone earlier. Think about heaven, you know. Think about this week on where you're going. On, on the place that Jesus has prepared for you. Whenever the enemy tries to pull you down, think about what he's... He says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Especially for each one of us. That's powerful. So God bless each one. If, so, if someone will put a sheet back there and write the type of pizzas you like, I can't guarantee I'm going to order a pizza for every request that's on there, but I will do my best to get it. I don't want to order 50 pizzas or whatever, okay? So, you know. <laughs> it's like So, it'd be a lot easier if we have the order before we get there. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? And a hundredfold return to the giver and be blessed.